This is Jorge from In Orbit, and you're listening to the MASHcast here on the MASH Those Buttons Network. Episode 163 of the Mashals Buttons Mashcast. I am Jarrett, and I am here with Scourge of Ironforge and Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Zelenkevich. I thought I was also supposed to be the pun master this week. Well, I hadn't decided on that yet, Nick. You can't give yourself titles. I was going to, <laughs> I was working on that. So, no, I you're not the pun master. give myself the title. I'm simply, I don't know, I was expecting that. You got my hopes up, and then, then you, you subsequently dashed them. Well, Pun Master is cheesy, okay? I got to come up with some other type of thing. <laughs> pun Master is cheesy. That's how it works, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a better way to say Pun Master, okay? Thanks for ruining it. <laughs> Maybe next week. Okay. Anyway, also joining us today on the show is Jovan Branch, also known as Sage Infinite, formerly and sometimes of In Orbit. How's it going? Yeah. So, uh, have kind of a full show today, but Nick did bring up a good point. It is the end of the month, um, the last Sunday of the month. Uh, next time you hear MASHcast, it will be November. So, let's talk about what you've been playing. Nick, why don't you get started? Um, pretty much, I've just been playing Destiny and uh, Hearthstone and WoW. Um and really, the only thing I have to say about Destiny is that uh, I heard that they're going to be, I guess, in an upcoming patch, changing uh, some of the Crucible quests, uh, making them a little bit easier. And I look for I look forward to that. Making them easier? They've already been made easier. The Crucible quests now are jokes. No, well, they're, well, they're jokes also because the rewards. I know I did a whole bunch of Crucible quests and only got like a level ten shotgun or something as a result. Um, so that was a little disappointing to be going through trying to do all those things and, and only to get a, a shotgun I immediately uh, dismantled for parts. Oh, you mean the, the quests, not the uh, not the bounties. bounties. Yeah. No, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because there's a quest where basically you have to go through and, and get a certain number of, of wins or, or at least a certain number of, uh, you know, like do certain things in each of the different uh, each of the different play uh uh, to different games. Uh, so, you know, you have to do some stuff in Rift. You have to do some stuff in Clash. Currently, I'm stuck on Elimination because I'm not good enough for that one. Because the my whole strategy is, as, as soon as I got in there, I was like, well, I can take out somebody even if they're going to take me out. So, I was like, okay, so then I'll just, it'll just be two on two. And then, like, I ran up, I killed somebody, he killed me, and then his partner resurrected him. And then... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is going to have to be different. So, that actually requires skill, which I don't have. So... Yeah, so I look forward to seeing what changes they implement for that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't like that game mode because everybody just kind of sits back. Yes, and waits for the first kill to happen, and then it's like a chain reaction. Well, that's well, I mean, that's the thing. I remember like uh, when I used to play like Bushido Blade. 
like they said, like oftentimes those kind of matches would go up, go down the same way because in order to, to strike, you have to leave an opening and the first person to leave an opening is usually the first person to die. So they said that there were stories of samurai who would stare each other down for days waiting for one, one to flinch so they could make the killing blow. I wonder how true that is. <laughs> <laughs> At no point, like, uh, I'm kind of bored. How about you? How about we call it even? That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, dude, I got shit to do. You got shit to do. Exactly. You don't, How about I just tell him you won? Exactly. <laughs> you don't really want to die. I don't really want to die. Let's call it even. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I don't play Elimination that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Elimination. That's why I'm also not a fan of Trials of Osiris. At least it's not, not in Destiny. I mean, like, elimination game types like in Counter-Strike, which, I mean, Counter-Strike itself, <laughs> the whole game is based on elimination, but in other games, Counter-Strike number six, sure, because they're balanced for that, but not Destiny. Destiny is... Ugh. No. Not in the <laughs> least. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but, um, well, what about... Oh, is that all you had, Nick? Yeah, that's all I got. What about you, Sage? Um, all I've been playing is Destiny and NBA 2K. That's it. Really? Yeah, man, it's been, uh, I don't know, man, I've just been very robotic with my gaming. I haven't been, haven't ventured out, just very, you know, robotic, because those things, I can play those games in my sleep, so I turn them on, get my fix, and then I'm done. Hmm. Well, 2K, like, is it, like, I actually saw a cutscene from 2K, this 2K has a story. Yeah, there's a, there's a my player mode where you, uh, you go from high school to uh to college they actually license some college teams so you can play uh your college games and you go to the nba and then uh you know it's a little rpg ish where you you know you can get a uh, you can sign like endorsement deals and stuff like that and go to practice and you know basically it's 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 really like a like a story mode now so um i haven't tried that yet um but I think I will actually try it this time. I usually don't get into the my player things. I usually just like to play, you know, what I see on TV and, you know, try to emulate the game as as much as possible. But uh, I might actually try it this year because, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it and a lot of people have been asking me about it who don't have the game. So I do want to be able to get in my opinion and, you know, tell them how, what I think about it. Well, you know, I, I saw one cutscene. Um, which apparently, I guess Spike Lee directed this thing. Yeah, he directed the whole thing. Yeah, and it's like this one cut scene where they're riding the car, and I guess there's the the ball player who's driving the car and his friend. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and his yeah. friend has set up these lavish parties and shit like that, and the ball player is like, "I spent a quarter of a million dollars on you." <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, that's some real shit." Like. <laughs> that is that is that is real shit right there. Yeah, I was that's I was I, really surprised what, by that. I was like, "Yo, that's that's a real <laughs> shit." <laughs> I was like, "That's what I found out Spike Lee directed." I was like, "Oh, that makes perfect sense." <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "I want to play this." <laughs> you know, yeah, I just put all all I'll put all the basketball games on simulation. Just fucking do the rest of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like actually managing the career of your my player is actually pretty interesting now. You know, like some of the things you can do is like you can take meetings with other, you know, NBA players and you unlock like their moves that you can use on your character. 
by hanging out with them. And if you don't hang out with them or have a relationship with them, like you don't get access to those moves. So they really, you know, they really, they're really trying to expand um, on that single player experience and that, re, you know, that replay value. Hey, now I'm thinking, I might actually buy it just because I don't play those games, right? Mm-hmm. I don't play those games. I'm like, well, how much fun can I have for somebody who doesn't play basketball games? Right. On NBA 2K16. Right. <laughs> I mean, because, it's, it's a fun game, man. I mean, I think, uh, I think just, just off, you know, even if you, if you're not into the game like that, like if you're into basketball and into the actual, you know, the intricacies of the game, like you can really enjoy it because they added so many things with the AI and, you know, uh, with the authenticity. But, um, I think also just just looking at the animations and just the graphics, I think, you know, even as a casual, you can enjoy it because you don't. That's the thing about NBA 2K. Like you can go as deep as you want or you can, you know, you can be as shallow as you want to just, you know, run around and you can set it up so you could just play like not not a total NBA Jam style game. But you can definitely have a more loose experience or you can have a, a super realistic experience. And I think that's one of the things they excel at, you know, in the sports game uh, genre, because a lot of you know, especially with uh, EA being a giant, it's usually just you play it this way and that's how you're going to play it because we're EA and this is how it's going to be. But with 2K, it's like, you know, it, it usually it, it allows you to tell your experience a lot better. Right. Yeah. See, me, I, I'm actually not a basketball fan. Like, I'll watch basketball for entertainment. Yeah. Especially during like the playoffs and the finals. Right. Yeah. If I'm like, at a bar or something like that, but right. I'll never sit home and actually watch a basketball game. Right. Um, and yeah, like, I want to see how much fun can I actually have with this game. <laughs> I mean, the thing, you know, the thing about, um, you know, I'm, I can only speak for myself, but I can honestly say that, um, you know, I, I actually watch the NBA more now because of 2K. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really? Like, yeah. It actually has, you know, usually it's the other way around. It's like, you watch a lot of sports. So you're like, Oh, let me try the game. And like, but now it's like, you know, I, I haven't really gotten into the nba because it's not as interesting as it was when i was a kid and when i was growing up like the 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 dynamic of the game has changed so much but having nba 2k like i play it and i'm like you know i watch the the games to pick up on things like oh they put that in the game too like oh you know oh you know lebron gets the ball at this point on the court oh it's like that in the game too like so i you know you start to learn the game a little bit more and you pick up on things a little bit more because they actually put that stuff in the game. Like they actually care about the details. So it makes me notice and, uh, you know, watch, you know, certain matchups and certain games that I probably wouldn't even care about. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely let, lets me, um, you know, notice things about players, uh, signature styles, certain things that, that players do that they add to the game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's in the game, too. So it definitely helps me, you know, pay attention to the NBA more nowadays than, uh, you know, than usual because it's 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 a you know I'm like you it's it's kind of hard for me to to get into it nowadays. Oh yeah, that was my problem. Like I mean, like when a lot of the players that I used to watch play like started leaving or getting older, traded to teams where they really just didn't do anything. It's right. kind of like yeah, it's boring now. Right, exactly, exactly. It, it, the NBA is not what it used to be, but um, I mean, 2K definitely keeps me. I mean, like I said, this is just for me, but it definitely keeps me watching basketball more than I usually would. So the game is saving the sport for you. The game is definitely saving the sport. You know, it it's definitely saving the sport with, you know, well, I'm not going to speak on 
my you know my hatred for Madden. So let me just change the, <laughs> let me just change it. <laughs> it's the opposite for for uh for the for NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't even want to like I'm. It's like yo, I watch it. You know, I'm, I spend a Sunday watching football, and I'm like, oh man, I wish I could play. And I, you know, I turn on Madden. I'm like, fuck, and I just <laughs> I just turn it off. Like yo, I just don't get the experience. Like NBA 2K provides me with the experience or like or like the show like i'm not even a baseball fan but like the show yeah. will make me you know the show will make me you know pay attention to baseball it'll be like yo you know let me let me watch this so let me you know if i feel like playing a game like yo this actually gives me the feeling that i'm you know i'm experiencing you know major league baseball whereas the you know with madden it's just like it's just a game you know it's just something yeah. to, to to pass the time or if if i want to control you know Tom Brady for a quarter you know what I'm saying it's not even like I'm controlling Tom Brady because he plays like every other quarterback on the game you know what I'm saying where where NBA 2k if it's like if I pick a certain team it's like yo I have to pay attention to the strengths and weaknesses of this team and and these players and you know I have to use this player just like he plays in real life you know I can't you know you can't really defer from I mean of course you can still do video game stuff you know it's going to have its limitations but for the most part, if you want to play a team how they really play or a player how, how he really plays, you can do that. You know, you can't go, you know, shooting threes or, or jumpers with Dwight Howard and expect to be, you know, successful. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I remember when I used to play basketball games, my creative player could do everything. <laughs> just like I can in real life. <laughs> and I mean, oh, you need the- him on the inside? No problem. You need him on the outside? No problem. Give him the ball every play it's going in the net <laughs> and, and and see that's the, the the thing about 2k like you can still do that you know if you want to if you want to have a player like that you can you can work on your player and have him be that type of player or you can have him you know have his his strengths and weaknesses like you know and i feel like you know some of the other sports games out there is just like they don't really try to you know get to that level of realism where you can try to you know emulate actually having you know a player or playing with the player where uh you know other devs they just it's a game it's going to be a game that's it you know we don't try to you know put you You into those shoes you mean madden (laughs) (laughs) because there's only a few sports games we can actually talk about like you know there's there's 2k for basketball right there's the show for baseball and then there's uh madden i mean well ea in general uh Besides, I mean, even with FIFA, like they don't really try to get into like different team styles and and, and NHL. Their only competitor know. is Fez. Is Pez? Sorry. <laughs> and Pez is actually on its way up now. Back, it, it's it's on its way back up to actually competing with FIFA as far as gameplay goes. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's the the it's changing a little bit, but uh, I mean FIFA. I mean EA just has those bucks, so they buy those licenses and they. They lock competition out, and then you know they they put out. I don't want to say it's not fair to say roster updates because those guys do work hard for the most part, but they kind of limit you know in that corporate structure in EA. They kind of limit the the progress of the games by saying, you know what, you can you can take the year off on AI this year. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> add, add draft champions, something that nobody asked for. Add add that. And, and then you can work on the AI two years later and then try to make like it's a big deal when you're really just actually not even fixing stuff. You're just adding stuff on top of garbage that's already there. And then, you know, we can keep pushing this for the next 20 years. 
You know what I'm saying? And hopefully by that time, the NFL still won't give a shit. So, you know. They don't. We can keep uh, cashing. And it's it's so sad that, um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going off topic on this or whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to get back to the MASH cast. But I just want to say it's so, <laughs> it's so sad that Madden has really contributed to the rise of NBA 2K. You got people that don't even watch and play basketball buying that game because they don't want to play Madden. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I know people that buy have bought NBA 2K and have gotten into basketball because they're dis they're dissatisfied with Madden and the NFL. So, right. I mean, that just goes to show you that if you put out a good product, and you know, you can sway people that don't even give a shit about it to try it. If you know what I'm saying, I mean, how many times have there been a game that that you've heard about? You know, at least for me, I've heard about, I don't really play the genre, but I've heard a game being so good. I'm like, yo, let me, let me try that. And and it gets me into it. So, you know. I, oh, no, I've definitely had that happen before. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and it's, it's funny. Like, actually, we just talked about, it. I'm thinking about getting two kids. <laughs> See, <look. laughs> See, there you go. There you go, man. That just goes to show, man. If you make a good product and it's 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 promoted well, and then you have you know NFL the most popular sport in the country, and it's it has a shitty game, it can make you go to basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently so. Uh, but okay. I digress. Yeah. So, but that's what you've been playing. 2K that's 16. what I've been playing NBA two K sixteen. All right. Um. Oh, I'll try to keep mine short. Usually, I'm the long one. So keep mine <laughs> I, short. I've, my I've only been playing a, this is all good. I've only been playing a little bit of Destiny. I've played once in the last fourteen days, which I know made Horde Hayes' job on uh, in orbit not the easiest in my last recording because I'm just kind of like eh, I really don't have anything positive to say. <laughs> just the negative <laughs> feelings that I have about the game because of news that's come out recently. How is that any different than every other in orbit recording? You know, I try. <laughs> I really try, Nick, to be a positive person on that podcast you're good at everything but being positive <laughs> <laughs> i own that podcast specifically and i try to look at the bright sides of that game you know but the i mean for as one as much as they want you to believe that, that game is incredible phenomenal legendary epic it is not okay and there are so many flaws with the game itself that i'd give a pass to a, a development studio that just came together, you know, that just formed, or a new developer, I give it a pass. You are fucking Bungie. You, buy, you like, hands down, made one of the greatest first-person shooters of all time. Mm -hmm. First-person shooters on console only exist because of Halo. Word. True. Okay? Very true. First-person shooters only exist on console because of Halo. Uh, people will say, whoa, GoldenEye. GoldenEye was a fluke, dog. That was an anomaly. Goldeneye was an anomaly. Okay. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's uh, Goldeneye was great, but it was still an anomaly. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, like I expect more from 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 Bungie, and every time it's like, well, you know, we're still kind of learning and stuff like that. Well, yeah, okay, learn, but not on my dime. That that's part of the problem that I have with Destiny. I just expect more because a lot of the things that they're implementing into, like a lot of stuff that was in the Taken King. Should have been in Destiny in the first place. Yeah. I don't know how they released it without it being in there. Right. You know, because it's just, it's just common sense to us players. You know, to, to, to people who play, but whatever. But yeah, so I played Destiny once. 
Um, obviously, I'm not that thrilled to go play it again uh, right now. And what part of that, the thing I miss about Destiny is people I play with. I miss playing with Sage, John, and Jorge. Okay, when I play certain games, I can be on party chat with you guys. Like when I was playing Transformers Devastation, that's one of the games I was playing this month. I could be on party chat for that because none of the dialogue is really that important in that game. You know, we're going <laughs> to stop you, Megatron. This is the end of you, Prime. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that, that's pretty much what was going on. And like, uh, so I could be on, you know, um, party chat. And even when I play Metal Gear, the only time I get on hop on party chat is if I'm doing like side ops because right. it's really not all like there's no dialogue there. Most of the time, sometimes they surprise you with some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I was doing side ops and then somebody shot at me from a distance, snake hid and then it pulled me into a mission and that was the mission for quiet just because I was walking around in a place where she was like well shit um, <laughs> How, are, you still, are you still loving it? Uh, yes I am I am still loving it actually I'm going to get to Metal Gear last cause I have a theory um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I've been playing play Transformers I really liked it it was 50 bucks um, we actually, I do have a review out for it, so you can check that out on the site. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and the game is built for replayability. Do not buy the game if you are just going to play it once, because you will waste your money. Uh, it is built like the campaign isn't that long. The campaign, the campaign is probably a few hours, like three, four hours. Uh, then they have the challenge missions. There's multiple difficulties on the challenge missions and the campaign. So they want you to replay it and master the game. It's really a game of mastery. Kicking ass and not taking any damage. Um, and they really do not give a fuck about your feelings in that game. Like <laughs> I was fighting Devastator and he did like he he did like a move that was actually three moves like back to back to back. They didn't give me a mo- minute to rest at all. Not a moment. I got hit once, it knocked me off balance, and he was like boop boop and knocked away like eighty percent of my health. Damn. Yeah, like, they're not going to fuck. And then, uh, what is the name of the Transformer that Motormaster controls? What is the name of that Transformer? Motormaster? Yeah, he's the truck. He's the he's like the truck. He's the Decepticon truck. I don't remember him. You don't remember Motormaster? Mm-mm. He, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Minasaur. That's, he, t- like, he has a, 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 um, Devastator type transformer too mm. he it's him he's the head of minasaur so him and the stunt stunticons which are just like these colored cars they form minasaur which is basically the same size as devastator except devastator is way more efficient and they work together minasaur always had a problem because they hate each other <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah but he like he's in the game with minasaur and so there's one part where you fight Devastator and Minasaur at the same exact time on a platform. Damn. Oh, damn. And they both do, like, these devastating moves. Like, it's ridiculous. Fighting two, fighting two of the Constructicons was hard enough. Okay. Then fighting Devastator and Minasaur at the same time? Fuck. Oh, I remember him. I remember him. Yeah, like that that was tough. That was really fucking tough. So but it was a good game. I wouldn't recommend it unless you are going to buy it, unless you're gonna play it several times through. Uh I play sub level zero, which is incredible. So it's it's like a descent style game, a descent or forsaken style game, but it's it's procedurally generated, it's roguelike, and it has permadeath. So every time you die in the game, you lose everything you start from the very beginning of the game. 
And the game has six levels to go through. It's it, it, I might have a review out for that this week, but it's I have a really, really good time with it. Because it's permadeath, I played like a little bitch in the beginning, and it was taking me forever to get through levels. Now I just kind of roll out there. I start shooting shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> let, let them know I'm here. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 fun. It's got this an exploration aspect to it. Um not deep exploration, but there's like you know, there's multiple pathways to go down. You can find chests with weapons and supplies and things like that, so that's cool. Um I've all I'm also playing Rebel Galaxy, which dude, I don't between Sub Zero and Rebel Galaxy, I don't know how I made it to work last week. Like I really don't know how I made it to work last week. Um because it, the game was so, it was just so incredible, you know. Um, well, games are so incredible. I really felt like calling it out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but Rebel Galaxy is like it's like Mass Effect, Assassin's Creed's naval uh, naval combat, and like um, uh, Eve Online had like a three way, and it produced a baby. That's <laughs> basically what that game is like. like. You're basically a space trucker, but you have guns on your ship, and like, you gotta get, you know, sometimes you, gotta, you just gotta get stuff from one place to another, but it's a lot of space combat in the naval style. Like, it's basically what I wanted from Ubisoft for, like, like, like an offshoot of Assassin's Creed game. Just nothing but naval combat. That's what I fucking wanted. Because Assassin's Creed 3 was garbage, and the naval combat was so incredible, and then they just improved on the naval combat so well in Assassin's Creed 4 and Black Flag. Um, but that, this game gives me what I want. Okay. And finally, I have still been playing Metal Gear Solid 5, which is still an incredible game. Darker, for sure. Darker than any other Metal Gear I have ever played. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's some things that happen that I would not expect to happen in a video game, period. Uh, especially not a AAA title that's, that's going mainstream. Uh, I oh, wow. do have a theory about why big why they had to change Big Boss's voice, um, and I think it's because they had to change his character. I actually uh, cheated and saw some things because I haven't played it yet. <laughs> but my <laughs> my boy was telling me something about it, and I actually looked it up, and I yeah, so yeah. Like why? Like why? Like why would you spoil a Metal Gear game for yourself? <laughs> I mean, Anytime somebody, anybody, somebody tries to talk to me about Metal Gear, tell me what happens. I let them know that that'll be a really bad idea. For them. <laughs> <laughs> like, you do not tell me anything about well, that fucking game. I don't know this. This one, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get to it, and uh, you know, so I just, I, I. I I don't think the game has been spoiled for me because the thing the thing about this game that and I know you were telling me about it too is like not that it's 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 light on story but it's more about the game. So, you know, I I didn't, you know, I wasn't too wrapped up in the lore this time, so I did look at one thing and um yeah, I don't I don't know. Of course I think for you of course it would totally fuck it up, but for me, you know, I was like, all right, you know. Well, the game now is starting to get more story heavy. Okay. But I'm at chapter 30. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, I've played almost 60 hours of this game. That's crazy. And I'm and now I'm at chapter 30. 
Um, the game has like close to 50 chapters. Uh, and I really wish I didn't know that because the game, the way that the chapters are going now, they're making it seem like the game is wrapping up. They're making it seem like the game is wrapping up, but I know it's not. You know, and so I'm like, ah, oh, that would suck because if I didn't know the game had 50 chapters or so, I would, I would think the game's wrapping up, and I'd be surprised that it didn't end. Right, right, right. You know, um. So yeah, that's that. That I, I getting back to what I was saying. I do think that they need to change the voice because Big Boss's character has changed. Um. He's changing from the big boss we knew in Metal Gear Solid 3 and the Portable Ops games to the big boss of Metal Gear. You know, he's changing into a bad guy. Um, now, he hasn't done anything in particular yet that I've seen. But just like, like just to, like, you actually from the, be- from the beginning of the game, if you, I know you bought it, but did you play it at all, Sage? No, I haven't. I haven't played it at all i haven't okay. even opened it yet yeah like once you like you know you'll notice almost immediately that his attitude is different you know like yeah he you know like one thing big boss like he was never he never talked about killing anybody you know right in, in any metal gear metal gear has never been about killing you know what i'm saying never yeah. been that's the thing metal gear has always been about stealth infiltration if you have to kill somebody you're doing a bad job um, the way the game is built in general, it's much easier to kill now. Like your weapons are way more effective. Right. Like going loud is an option in this game. You know, in the other Metal Gears, going loud meant you know there was a good chance you were just gonna die. You know, sometimes it wasn't even worth it because of how shitty the guns worked that you had. Right, bad news if you went. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In this game, it's like fuck it. It's one o'clock in the morning. I need to go to sleep. Everybody's dying. Like that's kind of <laughs> how it can go yeah, uh, in this game. That's never Metal Gear strategy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but, like, there's some talk. I'm, I'm not gonna give any spoilers here, but you know, he's openly like, "Well, we'll kill this person. We'll kill that person. We'll torture this person. We'll do this. We'll do that." Well, he looks like he's definitely been through some shit. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I'm at chapter 30 now, and I'm kind of still going through it. But, yeah, his, his attitude has changed. And having that David Hayer voice with solid, that, the, the, the traditional, like, snake, I don't think it would have fit the personality. Right. And David Hayer probably would have had a problem with Big Boss's personality in general because he voices opinions about how Metal Gear Solid 4 ended and how he didn't like it. Right. Because it was out of character. Right. And so this that may have caused an issue between him and Kojima, you know, mm-hmm. with you know him not thinking him thinking that you know this isn't the way this should be going. Snake wouldn't do this. Snake would do that. Like I've seen him do several things that are out of character uh, for Snake, uh, even or Big Boss, I should say. Even though we know what Big Boss turns into, but even in Metal Gear, like he was the bad guy. But he wasn't a bad guy. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he doesn't like he, he made outer heaven because soldiers were not being were not appreciated. Right. Exactly. You know? He made outer heaven because soldiers weren't appreciated. It was supposed to be a haven for soldiers and a place where they could be safe and appreciated and not thrown away by their countries. And even things that he's done in this game are kind of like most of what he does 
follows that principle, but some of the things he does is kind of it's like it's just straight up out of character. It's like, wow, <clears> why <throat> would he do that? Um, one thing that I will think you, I, th- I think you'll really appreciate this game when you play Sage are the cameos. Not even mm-hmm. the cameos, but the people who are involved from other Metal Gears. Right. Like, um, in the very beginning of the game, within your first half hour, you're gonna see somebody you know. Nice. Okay. Nice. And then, um, I think around chapter twenty five, maybe, maybe twenty six, you're gonna meet somebody else that you know. And it was, it's really cool. Like the way I was like, no, that's not him. Who is that? No, no way. Like India. So yes. <laughs> and they haven't straight up told me who he was yet, but I already know who he is. Right. Just like right. the first person you see, you don't, they don't say anything about him. You just know who he is. Right. If you've played, it's like, they don't explain anything about the first guy specifically. So if you, if you, uh, if you see him and you haven't played, uh, any of the other Metal Gears, you you're probably just like okay, like it's it's just a freak, like you know, right? Nah, he's a special freak. <laughs> <laughs> so Metal Gear definitely great. I'm still having. I'm still don't know right now. I think Batman is still my game of the year, even though I've sunk sixty hours in the Metal Gear. I think st- I think overall Batman was a better. I don't know, like it was, it was an overall better package. Than Metal Gear, because like I said, Metal Gear is mostly about the gameplay. The story is kind of weak for Metal Gear, right? You know, whereas Batman, like it really made me feel like I was Batman, like you know, driving through Bat, like you know, through Gotham in the Batmobile, and it playing that Batman esque music. Oh yeah, you know, like the 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 the, the Nolan music. <laughs> that that game is incredible, man. Like I just, they really captured that being Batman really well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, just, I mean, I 100% of that game before I finished it on my first playthrough. I remember that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I, I never do that. I never do that. Like, I'm not going to do that for Metal Gear. Right. You know? Actually, because of Metal Gear, I think just beating the game only gives you 50%. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Plus, we still got Fallout, Halo. We got uh, StarCraft coming out. Dude, 2015 is a hell of a gaming year. I have no idea about Fallout. I've never played it before. Uh, I think the way this one is built, you really don't have to. Mm-hmm. This one's kind of built for a new generation. Right. Because, um, I mean, it's going through, like, there's no way you're going to play the first two. The first right. two were, like, I think the first one was, like, were they, they were, like, RPGs. The first two were RPGs. Right. You know, straight up RPGs. And the third one and its expansion, well, New Vegas wasn't an expansion, but... The, the 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 third one and the New Vegas, they mix RPG and and FPS. You know, I think mm-hmm. this one, it does it does the same thing, but it's more slated towards shooting. Right. So, so, so are you you you're getting that right? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, you gotta oh, yeah. let me know how it is. Oh yeah. Well, you'll hear about it on the Mashcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on into our actual Mashcast into our topics here. Um. A couple of news bites. First of all, and I don't want to spend too much time on these, Halo 5, uh, which is 55 gigs to install to begin with, by the way. So once you pop the disc in, prepare for that. Is it uh, just like a Steam code on the disc? No. <laughs> no. Stop sli- trying to slide <laughs> your jokes in here, Nick. <laughs> um, but there's also a 9-gig day one patch. So once you get Halo... Five installed. You also have to download a nine gigabyte patch. 
Welcome Jeez. to the future. <laughs> that is unless you download it digitally. If you pre-order it digitally, all that stuff will be preloaded for you. So there's actually a reason to 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 there's a, a bonus to pre to actually buying it digitally this time. Uh, me, I'm still buying it on disc because I don't trust consoles yet now, with digital distribution. Now, do you think that is uh? Do you think that was intentional? You think there was something behind that? To, nah, to push I don't that, think, or you just I don't think, think so. Just... I think I think it's just the way it went. Oh, okay. I mean, like if you have it digitally, they know that you own the game, so therefore they can push the patch early. I don't I don't think there's, there's anything malicious here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now also that payday two thing we talked about last week with the microtransactions, that's been backpedaled. That's no longer happening. The safes will still drop, but I think you also get keys that drop now too. Keys or codes or whatever. I actually didn't get a chance to hop in the game and see how it went. But before I could hop into the game, they fixed it. So, yeah, I guess they'll, be, they'll try to find other ways to get their microtransaction fixes in. Uh, or they'll just stop making content for the game, one of the two. <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, um, Payday 2 fans should be happy about that. Moving into our actual topics. We're going to start off with uh, talking about YouTube. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about uh, Konami being in denial, Ubisoft trying to be more PC-friendly, uh, Vivendi trying to aggressively take over Ubisoft, and uh, Harmonix <laughs> caught bat reviewing their own game on Amazon. Um, <laughs> but let's start off with YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I guess the same thing when I read that headline. Um, YouTube Red was announced this week. First of all, that was a poorly chosen title because uh, RedTube already exists. Um, but yeah, YouTube Red is a subscription service that uh, where you pay $9 a month and you will be able to watch YouTube videos ad-free. And you will also be able to continue to play your YouTube videos in the background, which really doesn't do much for videos. It actually does, that, that's more for music, I think, where you can load up like a playlist and just play it in the background. So those are the, the, the benefits for consumers. For creators, you're supposed to get a cut of the subscription. Uh, how much of the cut? Nobody really knows yet. Like, are YouTube red, uh, red, content creators are they getting like a cut per view are they getting like paid monthly for it like what is it who knows like nobody i don't think i haven't read anything about it yet nobody knows exactly how much money they're making uh a few or more than a few uh major youtubers have signed up uh will sign contracts for the service uh like guys like pewdiepie and I'm pretty sure there are people like uh, Natalie Tran or that chick that does makeup or uh, Total Biscuit. People like that have signed up or signed contracts for it. Not everybody, though. Uh, apparently, ESPN has taken is taken down their content because they can't do a subscription service. Like based off of their previous contracts, uh, not with YouTube but with uh, with their other partners, they can't do subscription services. So they actually have to take their content off of YouTube, which I thought was uh, interesting. And I guess that brings us to our real problem here, where it turns out if your page, if you're if you're 
uh, YouTube channel makes money if if it monetizes, well, not just monetizes, but also brings in cash, you have no choice but to sign the contract for YouTube Red because if you don't, they will mark all of your videos as private and nobody can see them at all. Right? Nobody can see uh, any of your videos, whether they're ad-free or not. Okay? Uh, this, a lot of people obviously have a problem with this. And this could really affect gaming content on YouTube. Like, I mean, I guess if you're getting paid for YouTube Red, right? What's the purpose of having non-YouTube Red videos? Does that make any sense to anybody else? Like, like what's like, what's really the benefit here of having just ad ad, ad uh, sponsored videos for people who don't pay for YouTube Red? You, are you talking as a creator or as a viewer? As a creator. Well, I mean, I think the question there is, I mean, the non YouTube Red videos would still be monetized by the non YouTube Red subscribers, so that. You know, so so that anybody, you know, any any casual viewer who stumbles across YouTube watches your video, they'll still see the ad. It's really, it's really so that this way, I think YouTube wants to push everybody into YouTube Red, have content in YouTube Red, make sure everybody's going through that because they presumably get more of a cut that way. Well, yeah, they get they entirely get more of a cut because there's no advertisers in that case, so. Oh, oh, actually, no. That do, wait, that doesn't. No, that, that makes sense because yeah. Then YouTube is just get yeah. YouTube is just getting the subscription money straight up, and then you, you know there's no middleman in this case now. Fundamentally, YouTube is the middleman between the advertisers and the and and the content creator. That you know when when somebody puts a video up now, YouTube gets a cut. The advertisers, well, the advertisers are paying for it, um, but uh, YouTube gets a cut, and then the. Uh, and then, then the the creator gets a cut. I guess it, it theoretically it gives more money to YouTube that way, that they can kind of dictate terms as opposed to having to work with an advertiser to deciding how much the advertiser is going to pay for a given video. So yeah, YouTube would want to force everybody through this because it gives them more control over what what people see. Um, but yeah, it's I guess that's the problem. Is there's a lot of questions with no answers. I know. I know what like PewDiePie is going to be doing exclusive content for YouTube Red that you'd you'd only be able to see if you're subscribed. Um, so it's yeah, I guess you know this this is kind of the direction YouTube wants to go is they want everybody to have to pay them. It's another you know what's this, another ten dollars a month that we're all going to have to pay now just to get the same content we were getting before. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think it's really it's going to segment communities. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, you know, you, or you're going to see it, which I think we're, we're going to see a lot of our videos where there are kind of like previews of stuff you can get on YouTube Red, parts of conversations or parts of like little clips of videos. Like if you want to see the full video, you're going to have to subscribe to YouTube Red. I guess now we really see the power that some of these streamers have, not streamers, but YouTubers have. Is their content compelling enough to make people pay for it? You know, PewDiePie. Right obviously has a huge audience. But can his huge audience pay $10 a month? Most of his audience are teenagers. Right. You know, uh, I don't know a single adult that watches PewDiePie. I really don't. I think, I, 
that's the important part, though, because the adults are the ones who are going to be subsidizing the teenagers to watch. So when the kid's like, Dad, can I go watch PewDiePie for $10? The kid, Dad's going to be like, no, that's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think, like, compelling content for, like, you know, people who who are who are more likely to pay. And the thing is, like, people who pay for YouTube Red, I can always guarantee you they already have, like, you know, Netflix or Hulu. One of the two. You know? Right. So it's like, do I want to pay another ten dollars right now? YouTube Red does not seem appealing to me at all, at all. Like, why would I pay for it? Like, they'd have to get something very, very specific for me to want to pay for it. You know? Yeah, I'm and, just confused by the whole thing, really. What are you confused about? I mean, like, I really, you know, I mean, like you said, it's a lot of, there's a lot of questions that you know need to be answered, and uh. I don't think everybody has the full, you know, spectrum of what's going on yet. But uh I can I can understand why people are upset about it though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, some people who are YouTubers are, you know, lashing out, saying they're trying to get us out of a job when in reality you wouldn't have a job if YouTube <laughs> didn't exist. <laughs> you know, so I you know, hearing those is kind of just like, eh, dude, I don't really think you understand how the dynamic works here. Yeah. Um, you know, Create videos on YouTube. Go push carts to chop, right? Like, what do you want to do? Like, <laughs> well, if if you're that big, and admittedly having gotten that big off of making YouTube videos, there are other distribution channels that you can seek out. And you know, hopefully, you know, in your case, if you know, if you're upset about YouTube Red, hopefully, you can get your followers to follow you there. You know, hell, make your own channel. If you know, if you if you're making that much off YouTube, figure out how to host your own videos. Um, I mean, there, there, you know, there, there isn't. If this, I mean, YouTube is large, and this feels a bit kind of like a monopoly exercising its power. But that's yeah. not the case. I mean, just as kind of YouTube came up and uh, democratized, um, you know, people being able to display videos. Uh, the same goes for you know what's gonna you know what, what people can do in response to YouTube is that people can come up and and now that they have a voice they have power ostensibly they can go to other locations so it's yeah I mean it, it, this isn't a, a be all end all situation I mean yeah if you're not happy with it find ways to get against that um, I think though what we're going to see regarding I guess the non-subscriber status I would expect that we'll see more ads on the videos, if you're not a YouTube Red subscriber, um, for, for normal videos. I think if YouTube wants to make, if YouTube wants to encourage people to subscribe to their service, they have to make that fee seem worthy. That, you know what? I don't want to sit here and have to watch three 30 second ads just to watch a 15 second video of somebody getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> I am willing to pay $10 a month to YouTube to get this out of my life. I think that'll backfire on them for sure. Well, like, I think this just... whole thing might backfire on <laughs> But I mean, it's, I mean, hell, think about it. How often do you go to YouTube? I mean, this is, you know, this is one of the stupidest things I think, yet I'm just as guilty of it as anybody. How often do you go to YouTube because you want to watch a trailer for a movie, a trailer that is a commercial. And before you watch that commercial, you have to watch a commercial. I don't watch (laughs) movie trailers. so I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So, well, well, (laughs) I I had to sit through a Philadelphia Eagles game to see a Star Wars trailer. So, (laughs) but you know what? Like, the thing is, first of all, yeah, sure, let's say YouTube does put 30-second, um, let's say three 30-second videos in front of a clip. You, there's 
I, when we talked about before the show, you can block ads on YouTube right now so that the videos won't play. It'll just, just skip to the next portion, which will which is the video that you actually want. You know, so you don't have to sit through that stuff now if you don't want to. A lot of people don't. A lot of ad blockers just block it off the that like I was I'm using a uh a, a tracker blocker now and that was blocking YouTube videos by default. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. You know, I was like, Man, I haven't seen a YouTube ad or a video ad in a long time. <laughs> you know, that's when I realized I turned it off by accident one day. Oh not by accident, I turned it off and I forgot to turn it back on. And that's when I realized like you know. Um, but no, I think it'll backfire if they try to force people into this service by degrading their free service. It's just going to backfire because this websites that have exploded to popularity, uh, based off of stealing stuff off of YouTube, world star hip hop is a perfect example. Oh yeah. World star hip hop. They just, it's not difficult to leech a video off of YouTube. It's not difficult to pull down a video, uh, and then upload it somewhere else. And I think you're just going to see more of that, kind of like with porn. <laughs> you know, like people don't want to pay for porn, so people who do watch porn rip it and then put it somewhere else. P- people right. don't want to pay for porn so much that Playboy is no longer producing porn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah, so that. Yeah, this this is true. So that's the thing. This this is a huge. This is a backfire. Like I mean, like YouTube has a huge market share because of how they're set up right now. If they go ahead and try to, you know, leverage that power to force people to pay, forget about it, dog. Like it's some, yeah, no, it's just not gonna work. Yeah, like you I, said, it's got to be some some type of incredibly exclusive content to get people to even think about biting on something like this. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and the people that then half of the people won't even pay. People who want to see it, half of them won't pay. But you don't need. You really don't, you don't need everybody to jump on there. You only need enough. I mean, that's the thing. Even again, looking at PewDiePie, he's not exclusively going to YouTube Red. He's going to be doing additional content for YouTube Red. So basically, they're kind of leveraging him. He'll still be doing whatever he's, no, he's normal streaming. He'll still have the, the followers there. But when he's doing that, he's also going to be like, oh, hey, also check me out on YouTube Red. And, and all they need is enough of those followers to just make the migration to make money there. I, that's not what they're going for. Just enough. <laughs> well, all they need is enough, but th- hopefully, yeah, hopefully they get everybody. But they're not going to get everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. I think this is going to backfire. I mean, I actually, I think they're um, the other stuff that they had put in place that nobody really talked about was being able to fund creators directly and stuff like that. That would have worked better if they would have actually promoted it, but they didn't. Coward. Nobody really knew about that. I didn't even know about that until I read about YouTube Red, and I saw that like, this was even an option. I was like, "Wow!" Nobody even said anything about this. You can be funded directly on YouTube, kind of the way somebody does. Like, you know, if they want to add a subscription to your channel on Twitch, you can do that. You know, but um, yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think this is gonna work out that great for both creators because there's no way. You creators are gonna get that much money off of YouTube Red. They never do in these situations. <clears throat> you never do, you know, unless you're huge like PewDiePie. They probably have like an individual contract with PewDiePie to give him a certain amount of money for doing YouTube Red stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. He's you know? no. He's getting paid. He's getting. He, he's making bank no matter what. Yeah. But the rest, you know, the rest of the creators, I don't think it's gonna work out that great. And then now you have a community which. 
some of the stuff is going to be visible, some of the stuff isn't, you know. Because there probably, there's probably incentives for holding content for YouTube Red, you know, for creators. So they're going to want to do that. But then their audience, whether they pay for it or not, we'll see. You know, I'm curious to see how it's going to turn out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it down the road, you know, soon. So, but this may kill YouTube gaming before it even takes off. You know? I could see that happening. You mean Jimmy Kimmel didn't? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel did. <laughs> <laughs> as much as the assholes he wanted to be about it, he, he did not. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Konami in denial about Kojima leaving. So, Kojima had a going away party on October 9th, I believe. Um... And there's pictures of it, there's tweets, Instagram posts, but Konami's like, we don't know anything about that. We don't know anything about that. Kojima and his team are on a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Permanent vacation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're on a vacation. That's what they said. Kojima and his team are on vacation. Um, that's the same excuse a single mother gives their children about their dad. (laughs) 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 It is, you know, like, oh, he's on vacation. He'll be back. (laughs) I actually think this is Konami. They, cause Konami was for a while where they were strong arming. They were trying to be like, well, we're just going to take Kojima's names off of this stuff. We're going to close down the studio. We're going to change the studio name to Konami Productions. We're going to do these things. He's going to fold. He didn't fold. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He didn't fold. Now they're like, oh, he's on vacation. They're probably trying to talk to him like, we want you back. Can you come back, please? Thank you. You, you have the only franchise that actually matters at Konami. Metal Gear. Like Metal, I mean... What other fran- what other fran- Konami franchises are there? The only other ones I can name are um, Metal Gear and Pez. What about Castlevania? When was the last good Castlevania game? That Pachinko game that they put out. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it was the last good Castlevania game they put out. Aren't they actually? Is, aren't uh, the guys that did Castlevania kickstarting like another Castlevania esque game to kind of? Yes, they are. Yeah, so. Nobody has the answer, see? No, no, I'm agreeing with you. I don't have any. (laughs) Yeah, like, like Konami, like, Metal Gear made a lot of money, too. That, maybe that's why, like, because the day one sales of Metal Gear, they're like, oh, we're really gonna miss this. We're gonna come (laughs) back. They flexed their muscle, and it didn't, uh, you know, it didn't really work out. So, okay, Konami is saying that he is just on post-launch vacation. Nah, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Uh, he'll probably start up his own thing. You know, make some games there, get somebody to publish it for him. That's that's the age we live in. They fucked up. They fucked up, and now they want him back. So I I think that I think that they're, they're secretly just trying to get him back. Secretly calling his phone, leaving him texts. You know, smiley faces and shit. <laughs> Do they want him back, or are they just saying this because they feel like it would look bad to announce that he's gone at this point? Like, I, although I don't know, like if, if he's gone at some point, they have to announce that he's gone. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, I feel like they. I mean, we all kind of realized he was going to be gone months ago, and even then, they've been denying it. Like, like I don't know what their end game here is. I don't know if they actually want him or not. I mean, sure, they like the Metal Gear money, but also he is kind of hard to work with, from what I understand. Like. I don't know. Well, he's like, hard I, to work with because he makes perfection. Exactly. Exactly. 
So like I don't get like I don't get what Konami's endgame here is. I haven't understood it for a while other than to make dirty pachinko games. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't get what they're doing. No, nobody does. Kojima hasn't said anything about it either. Uh so he's just uh <laughs> Yeah, he's probably just ignoring it. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I would like to see more Kojima games though. You know what they Konami could do though? Find a developer to make a new zone of vendors, please. Please. Fuck! They could Platinum Games could do it. I just thought about that. Platinum Games, new zone of vendors. That would be incredible. Yeah. Wow, I'm people should that. pay me for these ideas. They should pay <laughs> me for these fucking ideas. That would be uh yeah, that would be good. Yeah, now now I'm actually a little mad because they gave the riding game the platinum. Why give the riding game the platinum when you had Zone of Enders? Yeah, that's true. That would have been a much better game for them to do that with. Wow, Kojima, you disappoint me. I am disappoint. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Ubisoft is trying to be uh, more PC-friendly. Okay, they joined the Open Gaming Alliance, which is a PC gaming organization that's supposed to, I guess it's a non it's a nonprofit PC organization that is supposed to, uh, I guess, help publishers and developers work better with the PC community, um, according to the to the organization itself, which started off as the PC Gaming Alliance. Uh, it's an open forum where companies can cooperate to develop and promote solutions that drive the PC gaming industry forward. That's what um, was said about the company. To be honest with you, I'm not really sure, and I'm a PC gamer, I'm not really sure what they've actually done for PC gaming yet. I don't know if they've actually done anything positive, but hey, this might looking out for us, it's great. You know. Um, but, Ubisoft is looking. They joined it, and they're looking to uh, understand the PC com- gaming community better. Uh, <laughs> quote from them: "PC gamers are important to Ubisoft, and we're committed to better understanding and addressing their needs, and continue uh, and, uh, and to continually, oh, and to continually improving our relationships with them." That's uh, what was said. Uh, Ubisoft, and I- I've said it several times on this podcast. Ubisoft. It does not have a good history with PC game gaming. I mean, right now they probably have the worst out of the bigger um, publishers. You know, EA they have games that are for PC and they perform extremely well on PC. They put PC first in a lot of cases. Activision, uh, when they release games on PC, we really don't see any problems with them. They're they're pretty they're pretty good. Uh, WB Games probably has the worst track record with PC gaming. And then there's Ubisoft, who for a while was okay, but then we had huge problems with their DRM. PC, like, the, the, one of the reasons I, I would never buy a Ubisoft game on PC uh, was because I saw a bad taste in my mouth about that, about the DRM they had, which actually, when they transferred DRM servers from one place to another, it actually kept people from playing their games. It kept people from playing single-player games. So that was one strike. Then they brought out um, Uplay, well, the Uplay um, launcher, which now, anytime you buy a game on Steam, all that game does is launch the Uplay launcher. And then you have to open up the Uplay launcher and play the game, which is kind of a pain in the ass. 
because now I have unneeded, unneeded software not just installed on my PC, but running on my PC. We could have just ran it from Steam. You know, how many people are actually buying stuff directly from the Uplay store? Who's doing that outside of France? You know, who? I, I would love to see numbers. Who is buying stuff directly from Uplay rather than Steam on PC? Got me. I, yeah, well, yeah, definitely <laughs> not true. I don't, I don't think we'd see a lot of that, okay? Um, and, that, and on top of that, still one problem they have, there's only really one game that they treat PC first, where, they, where PC comes first, and that's Far Cry. Far Cry games, they really do push PC first. The PC has the best graphics, and it's optimized for PC. Right. That is the only game Ubisoft doesn't treat PC like a second, you know, a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> Every other game they push out is just a port. It's not that great. You know, it doesn't look that good. It doesn't perform that well on PC. You know, and if you want to say, well, you know, the last Assassin's Creed performed just as well on console. No, it's still not good enough. Because the thing about PC gaming is like you have these super powerful rigs that I'm not saying you got to max them out, but you should be able to stretch your power and make it look better, play at 60 frames per second, all these things. You know, and Ubisoft just doesn't do that. I mean, they could have just looked at their feedback in the forums to to find out how to be a better, you know, be more PC friendly. This is just a move that makes them look more PC friendly. Until I actually start seeing movement, I'm not going to believe it. Yeah, you're entirely right. I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) (laughs) This is just a move to make it seem like they they want to be PC friendly and Things are going to change. Oh, I swear, baby, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm not going to hit you anymore. <laughs> nah, don't believe him. That's what it looks like to me, too. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm not all that <sighs> impressed with it. Um, more Ubisoft news is that Vivendi is aggressively trying to take them over. Okay? Now, Vivendi, for those who don't know, they actually were... They they owned well Vivendi's owned by Universal or they're I I don't know if they're the same com- like same company or uh they're owned by Universal or they they own Universal I don't know Vivendi was owned by Universal who then bought into Blizzard when Blizzard Act and, and Activision merged now they have their hooks into Blizzard and Activision Bobby Kotick actually uh, raised funding and um stage a successful bid for independence from Vivendi. So Vivendi had, I guess, owner, I, I guess um, the majority of shares over there and Bobby Kotick actually pushed them out. Okay. Um, now Vivendi is trying to get in, uh, involved in Ubisoft. They uh, bought uh, 6.6% of Ubisoft stock for, what is that? 140 mil- 140.3 million pounds, I believe. That's the symbol? Yes. Uh, I, so, yeah, 143 million. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That, that was, that's the euro. That's the euro. Okay. So, for 143 million euros, they they, they bought 6.6% uh, percent of Ubisoft stock. According to Ubisoft, this was not welcome. <laughs> okay, like, this was not planned. Like, they were, they didn't go into talks with Ubisoft and say, hey, we're looking to get involved. Um, You know, let, let us buy some of your stock. No. Uh, uh, when that happened, this is what Eves Gillamont said. 
Uh, our intention is to is and always has been, oh sorry, and, uh, and it has always been to remain independent, a value which for 30 years has allowed us to innovate, take risks, create beloved franchises for players around the world, and which has helped the grow the company grow into the leader it is today. We're going to fight to preserve our independence. We should not let the situation nor any future actions by Vivendi or others distract us from our goals. Our best defense is to stay focused on what we have always done best, deliver the most original and memorable game, game, uh, gaming experiences. Okay. Um, and I guess gamesindustry.biz reached out to him and Eve said that, uh, you know, the risk of this takeover for Ubisoft will be to, manage, to be managed by people who do not understand our expertise and what it takes to succeed in this industry. I don't know. They were pretty successful over at Activision. In terms of money, <laughs> in terms of money, they were very, very successful. In terms of gaming, like, you know, what, what they did to gamers and Activision's reputation, not so much. But did it matter? Because they were still making Scrooge McDuck money over there. Like, you know, it was, it was re- like how much money Call of Duty was pulling in on a yearly basis. You know, Call, Call of Duty, this is what they had. Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk, um, and they had, uh, I'm trying to think of any other franchises they might have had. Call of Duty is pretty much the biggest one. You know, they had some smaller games that would come out, but for the most part, Ubisoft has been doing very, very well for over a decade. And Vivendi was a big part of that big part of that uh was with them for a, a large part of that time um ubisoft obviously works a little bit differently uh eves gilmont he actually was to my knowledge a developer you know and a lot of the senior staff i hear at ubisoft are developers um or they were developers and they worked their way up the ranks which kind of begs to the question of why they aren't more pc friendly as it is but well, no, that that was the last topic i'm gonna leave it alone <laughs> at this point um but yeah like they, they they do handle things differently like they don't have a bunch of like you know just suits handling the business aspect and then you know telling the developers what to do like they were in those seats so they can understand it a bit better and it would be i think it'd be a huge culture change for them if if vivendi actually took over and then started changing things you know well one um i still don't know I mean, okay, so Vivendi's now, they purchased 6%, and then they, they upped that to 10%. Um, so, I mean, Vivendi's moving in, but I don't know, like, I don't know what exactly triggers this to register as a hostile takeover by Ubisoft. Uh, I mean, there's still, you know, like, I don't know exactly how much they would need to become a majority shareholder. Hopefully, that if Ubisoft wants to maintain their independence, they own at least 50% of their stock so that this way nobody can do that. But if, you know, Vivendi's able to, you know, even maybe maybe they only need like, you know, 25% or something to become the majority shareholder that they can, um, you know, that, that, that they can, you know, claim power that way. Uh, that's entirely possible. So I don't know exactly at what point Vivendi takes over or how easy it would be for them to take over at this point. Part, part of this I look at and I feel like Ubisoft just sees them buying up stock and is getting prematurely concerned. But Ubisoft presumably would know more than I do in that case. Um, but that said, yeah, I can understand Ubisoft's concern about losing their culture, and especially if you're, you know, responsible for charting your own path, and there's a concern that suddenly you can have a boss, uh, and it's not your, it's not in your control whether or not you have that boss or not. Um, yeah, I can see how that would be a problem. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I, I got the impression, I mean, well, given the fact that Kodik uh, got Activision out from under Vivendi, it seems that they weren't happy with them. Um, and I, I, I got the same impression, too, from, from Blizzard. I know WoW hit its height under Vivendi, uh, but it seemed like they wanted out from under Vivendi as well. Um, yeah, Vivendi does seem to be very focused on the bottom line in a lot of cases. Uh, and, and Ubisoft, yeah, you know, say what we will about their PC gaming decisions. Um, you know, you, you look at the presentations that they give during E3 with Aisha Tyler, and especially to see Ives uh, uh, up on the stage talking about stuff, um, they do seem to have passion for what they do, at least. Um, and you want those kind of people in charge, or, or maybe not completely in charge, but you want those people high up in your company helping to make the decisions, um, because they, they get it to a degree, uh, more so than, than Vivendi may possibly. The fact that Vivendi was kicked out and now rather... you know. Rather than, you know, kind of starting building their own company, maybe they're just like, oh, let's see what we can buy and let's see who's weak in the market that we can kind of attack to get back into gaming. I don't know why Vivendi has such a, a, a desire to get into the gaming market, um, but uh, there's they're in the double digit billions. Well, so I mean, like that, the gaming industry is yeah, making there's, there's plenty of industries to get in to make money. I mean, the, the gaming it, industry is making more money than the movie industry. So. Yeah, that's why. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they can start a streaming video service and start start charging a <laughs> subscription fee for that. There's apparently money there as well. So <laughs> I don't know. It, it just I don't know. This I don't know. I think the fact that it's called a hostile takeover seems to be bad. I don't know how exactly how bad it is for Ubisoft, uh, but right now this seems like a lot of hand wringing over what may come to pass. I don't think there's anything at this point to be too concerned about for Ubisoft so far, but I mean, in two weeks we could be talking about Vivendi having bought out Ubisoft and uh, Guillermo's on, on the street looking for a job. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think, I mean, Ubisoft, like, I mean, I do have my problems with the way they handle PC, but for the most part, they will except Assassin's Creed now. Uh, <laughs> they handle their games usually pretty well. Assassin's Creed Unity was, was, a, was a really, really really bad uh really bad really unfortunate game the things that happened um i don't know if the same things are happening with uh syndicate but i know i do know i haven't been this uninterested in assassin's creed in like almost a decade same here i yeah, I, I didn't even know it came out <laughs> yeah it, it came out friday like and actually it's weird too cuz like i think um call of duty is coming out like next friday oh wow it's either is it next Friday? I I think Call of Duty is coming out. Oh, it's coming out the sixth. Sorry, which is Friday, which is a little weird, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm curious to see how this goes. I, obviously, Ubisoft is very, uh, um, I wouldn't say upset, but they are not happy about this, and they're they're saying they're going to retain their independence. So I'm curious. We'll see what happens. Uh, last topic for today. Is uh, Harmonix caught reviewing Rock Band, you know the game that they produce on Amazon. So <laughs> <laughs> there, I guess I don't, I don't know if they had, if the developers or the people who worked on the game had a directive to go out and and rate the game, but the uh, the names of the people showing up on reviews, somebody noticed that they're the same names as the people who actually made the game. 
and they were giving the game five out of five stars. I'll read one of their <laughs> reviews. Absolutely love the game. Rock Band Four is perfect introduction and uh, to video mu- game to video games and music gaming for me. As a new fan of Rock Band, I appreciate the intuitive structure of the game. That could have given it away, but <laughs> the intuitive structure of the game. You probably made the structure. Um, I'm having a, a blast with the guitar. I made my way to medium level fairly quickly, which was very exciting for me. Freestyle guitar solo is so much fun. He probably worked on that too. <laughs> five out of five. You know, another review is uh, familiar. Oh, actually, I'll read the title. Familiar because it's the always fun beat matching gameplay that makes you feel like you're in a band with your friends and I friends. I don't know. I don't think that was a typo. Um, Maybe for realism, it was a typo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The gameplay is both familiar and fresh. Familiar because it's the always fun beat-matching gameplay that makes you feel like you're in a band with your friends and fresh because freestyle guitar solos are awesome. Holding different combinations of... I'm going to say that's going to be keys, but it's just frets here. But it's keys down. Produce different notes. Oh, maybe not frets. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what a fret is. On a That's guitar. the that would be the equivalent of the buttons that you're pressing on the thing. Yeah, it's frets. Okay, the frets you hold down uh, are up to you. It's fun to mix them together. This feature combined with the freestyle vocals lets you your friends slash band make each song your own. The fact that the game will get new content means I'll keep getting better. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Tip when playing. Hey, freestyle guitar solo. Keep coming back to the same fret combination. For example, old frets one, three, and five, and strum a guitar solo pattern. Play another fret and strumming combination, then come back to one, three, five, and slow strumming pattern. Repetition makes music sound so good and memorable. You know, that review is so wordy. It sounds like it was written by somebody who either isn't used to having to actually write things. Or possibly may even work for the marketing department. The way they keep using that always fun beat matching gameplay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was but, like, that sounds like something I'd, I'd write on a fucking press release. Yeah, like that, 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 uh, that stood out to me too. Yeah, maybe they got that off the back of the box. Yeah, um, but I did like though. I did like though that they did finish the review with a tip. Would read that review again. <laughs> three and a half stars. Yeah. Well, no, somebody actually made fun of it. Uh, here's somebody who's not a staff member saying, Game of the Year. This game is great. I absolutely love playing this game with a room full of friends and family. There are a few flaws with the game, but it is completely outweighed by the music selection and addictive gameplay. The freestyle guitar solos are a great addition to this beloved franchise. Harmonics really hit the nail on the head this time. Not a harmonics employee. 10 out of 10 would develop this game again. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, like, come on. Like, really? Like, come on. I, I mean, at least use some fucking fake names. You know, make some fake Amazon accounts. Like, something. But still, I mean, like, I'm telling them, I'm enabling them to cheat now, but still, it's kind of like, dude, like, you didn't think anybody was going to notice? People are, like, <laughs> looking over this shit all the time. The, the guy didn't right. even think that people would figure out how to use the freestyle mode properly, so why would he think people would know how to use Amazon properly? That is true. <laughs> he didn't that even is- necessarily use the English language properly. <laughs> that is very very true yeah and now this is definitely not ethical like according to harmonics they uh they said that they don't tell their employees to review the game but this just this just looks bad i mean you know they have extreme internet can get like oh they wrote reviews 
for Amazon, they're they must be paying everybody for reviews then. Right. All the reviews are null and void. Yeah. This so. is this is bad. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably I probably should be more upset by this than I actually am, but I don't care about Rock Band. <laughs> I really I really don't. And then that's probably why I'm just not as I'm just not as upset. I'm just like, ah, oh, they wrote their own reviews. Ha ha. Yeah, that's kind of the end of it, you know. Rock Band was great, like eight years ago. You know, what's almost ten years ago? God, that's making me feel old. But yeah, it's if you're in an environment where you can get a bunch of people together, like Rock Band parties are are awesome. You know, you got especially if you got enough music on there, you can have people you know taking turns cycling through that. Yeah, that's awesome. But if you're not doing that, if you're just you know standing in your your apartment, you know playing the fake guitar. To the music, like, yeah, that gets a little sad. Yeah, it, it does. I have a rock band drum set sitting back here that hasn't been touched for almost a decade. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is it almost a decade? Like, I'll say probably about eight years. I think I bought the game when I first moved in here, you know, to this apartment specifically. Sage came over and played it once. Yep. And then that was it. That was, that was pretty much like, that was pretty much the end of it. <laughs> the, the one and only time I played Rock Band. It was at my place. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, but, you know. Yeah, with a group. Yeah, yes. Fun. Yeah, Rock Band parties are kind of cool. I shouldn't even say Rock Band parties. Parties with Rock Band. Because I don't know if somebody said, hey, we're going to have a party. We're going to have you're gonna come play Rock Band. It's a Rock Band party. I'd be like, eh. I think I have to wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that. I, I told people come over. You know, I'll have a party. Well, ostensibly, it's for like it was like my birthday or something or whatever. Well, then like, that's yeah. that's a birthday party with yeah. Rockman, right? Right. Or it might have, it might have actually been like I just bought this and I need to justify having bought this. So everybody, please come <laughs> over. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Like there's some games that are great for parties. Like this is great for parties, but you, you know, playing by yourself is a different story. They should, I wonder if they have like a. Uh, they need to get Spike Lee to write a, uh, a single player mode <laughs> to make it fucking interesting. <laughs> you know, spending two hundred fifty grand on a party also applies to rock uh, rock stars. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, you gotta it's RPG esque. You gotta help your friend through rehab because he's snorting too much cocaine. You know, you got so you gotta keep the egos of everybody in check. You know, I can, I can I can I can uh you know. Make a game out of this. Listen, you got to stop throwing these gems out here for free, man. <laughs> yeah. That's to this podcast so far, man. You got to you gotta chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you put all the ideas behind MASHCAST Red, and then people have to pay a subscription <laughs> to get the great ideas. Yeah, I just believe it out. I was like, if you want to hear that gem, <laughs> subscribe to MASHCAST Red. <laughs> We can save your company. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's going to bring us to the end uh, of this episode. Uh, thank you very much for Sage for joining us today. No problem. Yes, Always. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Let's talk about some of our other shows. I mean, obviously, we have the Mashcast, which you can catch us every Monday. Uh, we have Wow Talk, which is our World of Warcraft podcast, and that is every other Tuesday. And we also have an orbit used to be monthly. Now it's uh, also bi-weekly. So, um, you know, you'll have something every Tuesday now, whether it's wild talk or in orbit. And that's our destiny podcast. I'm not sure if I already said that. Um, but we also have, uh, 
Double Tap, which is our monthly fighting game community podcast. Uh, so we have that. You can catch all of our podcasts on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on Overcast uh, for iOS, on uh, Player.fm, on Pod. Ooh, I want to say PodTrack. It's not PodTrack. It's uh, Pocket Casts. That's what you use, right, Nick? Yes. Yes. And uh, you can also, we also have RSS feed. So if you just have RSS reader you like to use, you can just pop it in there. So. Yeah, you can catch this. You can catch that. We also do reviews, uh, which we put on SoundCloud and on the site, so you can keep up with that. Um, you can catch us on twittercom buttons. Oh, sorry, twittercom site. We are on facebookcom buttons and youtubecom buttons. Uh, Nick, what is your Twitter? At WookieBH. All right, and Sage, what is your Twitter? Uh, Sage Infinite. That's it. All right. And uh, my Twitter is underscore jaw underscore. So it's underscore J-A-A underscore. And as always, thank you for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Take care.